Wow, for those of you who are here this morning, thank you so much for being here. For those of you who are online, thank you so much for being online this morning. Again, my name is John Relly. I'm the senior pastor here at Mission Vineyard, and it's an honor to be with you again as we continue in a series called The Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is that prayer that Jesus' disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray because you're awesome. Raise your hand if you think Jesus is awesome. Gosh, he loves some people I don't know if I would love very well. And I think that's probably what the disciples were saying. They said, oh, my goodness, Jesus, how did you love those outcasts? How did you love those religious people? How did you love those whatever? Would you teach us how to pray? Because I want to abide in that. Jesus, by the way, you just got ran out of your hometown. How does that feel? And you're still on the move and your mission's still strong. Would you teach us how to pray? Jesus, by the way, I, I just, you just told us that you're going to die for our sins, and you're going to be crucified, and you are going to be the light of the world, even that. Would you teach us how to pray? Because I, I, I don't get how you're doing this, Jesus. How do you think Jesus might respond if you were in your shoes today? Probably a lot better. Let's just say that. But that doesn't mean that we can't become more like him. And I think the whole point of leaning into the Lord's Prayer is leaning into this space where we get to abide, where we get to become more like him. Because I'm not done yet. I'm not done becoming more like Jesus. And if he doesn't remind me every day, someone else does. <laughs> We've got plenty, plenty of ways to grow. And one of the ways that we struggle as we grow is called trial or temptation. Over the last year, it has been something else to walk with y'all through different trials. And as you've endured those trials, you've endured temptations, temptations to give up. Temptations to believe lies. Temptations to make up lies. To live in a false reality. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. He says, pray like this. Lead me not into temptation. It's such a weird prayer, isn't it? Jesus, if you could stop us from being tempted, just stop us. Don't make me pray, lead me not into temptation. But here's the real prayer. Because this, this word temptation has a lot of meanings. It can be read into as fantasy. Lead me not into living into a false reality. Lead me not into trials that cause me to lose relationship with you. Lead me not into places where I give up hope and I give up faith. God, don't let something come on me that distances me from you. The truth is we can't avoid temptation. Raise your hand if you've ever been tempted. Yeah, okay, so look around. You've all been tempted. Welcome to the party. It's you're all in it. You know what? If Jesus were here, he would raise his hand. In Luke 4, which is on your sheets, and I'm not sure if you've got those sheets on the internet. I'm so sorry. But in Luke chapter 4, there's this space where Jesus is tempted by Satan himself. Satan 
When Jesus is at his lowest, raise your hand if you've ever been tempted at your lowest of lows. That's when I'm tempted. And Jesus, at his lowest of lows, he was starving in the desert for 40 days. Satan goes up to him and says, hey, let's give up this whole thing you have with God. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Adam and Eve were given the same opportunity. Hey, Adam. Hey, Eve. I know you've got it made. I know that you know God has a plan for you. But why don't you just lay that down? Because I think you could do better on your own. Satan, years, thousands of years later, he plays the same card with Jesus and said, Hey, Jesus, you could do this far better on your own, and I could give you that opportunity. As if Jesus needed the opportunity. And as Luke 4 continues, three temptations face Jesus. And he turns them all down. And then he's rescued. And he goes away able to carry out what God's called him to do. If there's anything that I want you to remember from today, if you don't remember anything else because... You know, you may forget. It happens. Remember that we cannot avoid temptation, but we can avoid sin. We cannot avoid temptation. Jesus didn't avoid temptation, but he did avoid sin. We're going to engage that today, leaning into James chapter 1. Verse, we're going to start at verse 12. Lord, would you just bless your word to us? Would it be as you said it would be, that it would not come back void? Verse 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. That's where we left off with Jesus. God blessed him, sent angels over him, carried him to the next step. All of a sudden, he's in a temple, and he's announcing the good news to the religious folk and saying, guess what? The kingdom has come in me. It was God's blessing on his son. It was God's blessing on the Messiah, on the Christ, that would make the kingdom. He would be involved in God's kingdom work, announcing his kingdom. That's what God does. God blesses involves us in his kingdom, those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Do you want to be involved in God's kingdom work? Do you want to be involved in people getting rescued, in the poor getting healed, in people getting raised up out of the muck and the mire? Friends, if that's true, I want you to know that God wants you to patiently endure testing and temptation. And that's just the way it's got to be. You will be tempted. You will have trials. And that's the only way you get to be involved in God's kingdom work. Afterward, they will receive a crown, the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And it's love. Love is the only thing that keeps us Going, allowing us to patiently endure that testing. James says, and remember, when you are being tempted, don't say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. 
and he never tempts anyone else. I've seen this roll out a couple different ways, and you may have seen it a lot too, where someone's going through the worst of the worst, and they say something like, I know God's doing this to me to make me stronger. It is a lie from the pit of hell. God is not tempting you or bringing you through trial to make you stronger. This is not what our God does. On the other side, what I've heard is, you know, in order to get God's work done, we've got to do a little sinning. You ever heard that? We've got to break some rules in order to get God's work done. Because the ends justify the... God never tempts his people. He never tells them that the ends justify the means. God does not tempt people, nor does he bring people into trial. This is not our God. You know why? Because he's just fine. He doesn't need us to do anything for his kingdom to be established. He's on the move. But does God have something for us in the middle of our trials? Absolutely. Temptation comes from what? Our own desires, sinful desires, desires that separate us from God. Not the good desires, not the desires that we go to God with and we say, hey, I would love to have this. Can I just show it to you and you just tell me how to do that really well? Would you just form this good thing in my life? Those are great desires. But the desires where we go, hey, I'm gonna make it whether you like it or not, God. And this is the way I'm going to make it happen. No, those desires entice us and drag us away. Have you ever noticed that in your own life? Where you start doing something, feeling in your anxiety and fear like you've got to get it done. And if you don't get it done, the world's going to fall apart and it's all on your shoulders. And you start feeling like, oh, this is the way. I've got to make enough for my retirement. I've got to make enough for my kids. I've got to pay the bill. And it's going to, I'm going to get this done. And, I'm going to, and all of a sudden, in your striving and fear and anxiety, you're literally being dragged away from authentic love of your Father in heaven who provides and doesn't need you to do anything for him to do that. James continues, he says, these desires give birth to sin, sinful actions. And you may have experienced this, I know I have, when sin is allowed to grow as the distance continues, just like Adam and Eve distance from their father, it gives birth to death. James tells us, don't be misled, dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift. You want something good in your life? Do you want something that's fit for your purpose? It doesn't come by striving or manipulating or lying. It comes as a gift. Here's how it works out in my life, okay? I really like affirmation. Anybody else like affirmation? 
There's three basic needs that I think we, we all have, and, and uh, they come into the, if you read the temptations of Jesus, you see those. You can read a book by Henry Nouwen called In the Name of Jesus, and you see those temptations. But uh, a friend of mine described it like this. We all want security. We all want affirmation. And we all want control. Security, affirmation, and control. And one of the ones, one of the, these are great desires, security, affirmation, and control, if they're given by God. If we go out on our own and we get our own security and our own affirmation and control, that will lead us to sin, which leads to death. So in my own life, I love affirmation. It's so good. I, I dream, that, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get inside here. You're going to hear what pastor thinks in the back of his head. It's kind of bad. Get ready. It may shock you. I would love to be in front of a crowd of thousands and all of them getting to hear from Jesus and their lives being transformed. I want to be there and they're all so enamored with what I say. So as Jesus and I are having this conversation, I recently brought this desire before him and it was as if this whole space here, we rolled out that picture of me up on stage. And he said, would you fold that up and give it to me, please? It was like a, like a banner material. And so I rolled it up and I folded it. You ever fold up a banner? It all gets all crinkly and bad and you can't really ever use it again. And I gave it to him and he kind of went, okay, I'm gonna put this to the side. And I felt so ashamed. Do you ever feel ashamed with your desires? You feel like, oh, man, oh, God, I know that's bad. I know that popularity is like an end is bad. I know that getting my affirmation from people is not what you want from me. I'm so embarrassed. Some of our desires we're so embarrassed by, aren't we? And he said, would you just come here? And he just brought me to his chest in my embarrassment and in my shame. And he just went, listen, that desire is not bad. You, can I just show it to you? And after a minute, I said, okay, God, you can show it to me, even though I felt so ashamed. And he took out that wrinkled banner, and he laid it out again, and he got a red Sharpie marker. This is all in my imagination. If you all don't have imaginations, I don't know if this will work for you. <laughs> and he took this red marker, and he started circling heads in the crowd and drawing lines from them and drawing out all of their struggles. This one can't pay the rent. This one's struggling in their marriage. This one lost their son. And he started listing all their stuff. He said, John, I know your desire. Your desire is that they'd be transformed by me and that all their stuff would be reconciled in me and they'd be able to receive my love. I know that you being in front of the crowd, that's your desire, and I share that with you. You see, all of a sudden, he took my, whatever I thought my desire was, and he transformed it and purified it and made it his own. And that I could get on board with way, way more than getting in front of a crowd. I don't know if you've heard how many pastors have failed. There was a big one recently. And I don't want that if that's the consequence of being in front of a crowd. But I do want the transformation of all these people. You all may have a different kind of desire for control and affirmation and security. Sometimes it happens in interpersonal relationships. 
where there's a child that you have. You older folks, you have adult children that I know you don't like the way that their life is going and you just want to get them by the neck and say, stop it! Maybe you younger parents want to do the same thing with your kids too. I don't know. It feels more moral when they're older, I guess. I don't know, to, to, to do that. Each of us have desires in our hearts and we struggle. And if we go about those desires on our own, they absolutely lead to death. But if we go to Jesus with them, could you just imagine? Would you put on your imagination caps right now? Kids, can you imagine with me? You guys are really good at this. Imagine with me going to Jesus with the most dearest thing that you'd ever want. I know Christmas is coming. I know you got a list. Just, just bring some to them. You adults, they may be a bit deeper than Christmas gifts. Would you just go before the Lord and bring them to him? As I continue this morning, just a few more minutes, I want you to have that presence and picture in mind. You've got desires, but unless they're brought to the Lord, they may not bring you life. But when they are brought to the Lord, the desires that he refines and gives back to you are guaranteed to bring you life. Kids, did you give Jesus your Christmas presents? No way. Never going to do that. I'm going to give them to my parents. Adults and kids, how does it feel to be tempted? How does it feel to live in that place where you feel like you're being pulled away? Just give me some words. And on, on the internet, hey, this is for Facebook too. How does it feel to be tempted? How do you guys feel when you're tempted, when you're put in trial, when, when you feel like you're struggling like Jesus was, when everything in your life is questioned? How does it feel? Confused. Oh my gosh, that's the best answer in the world. We absolutely feel confused. What else? Heard? Hurt? Hurt? Yeah. When we're tempted, it feels hurt. What else? Bad, for sure. Temptation feels bad. We, it may feel a little good because we want to get what we want. How does it feel to be tempted? Any online comments? How does it feel to be tempted? Ashamed? Yeah. That sense of, oh, I didn't realize that I had this capacity in me. What was the other one? Frustrated, right? Why can't I just do what God wants to do? Dangerous. Temptation's super dangerous. Weak. We all feel that way when we're tempted. I'm telling you, all of these characteristics, do they sound like the Holy Spirit to you or do they sound like the accuser of our lives, Satan himself? We can recognize temptation by how we feel. If you've got your sheets and you're really hun hunting to fill in those blanks, here we go. You ready? If you need a pen, we've got some pens on the back table. You're, you're going to feel like a good doobie now, filling in all these spaces, I promise you. This is for you. That's why I made these papers. Temptation is not from God. And sin always leads to death, not life. We ask for God to spare us from trial that leads to sin. 
God's not punishing us to make us stronger. That's not how he works. But I love this Dallas Willard quote. Any trial or evil that comes upon us has special function in God's plans. If we're being tried, if we're being tempted, it's not God's doing, but boy, does he have plans for it. Every single suffering that you have had in your life, God has plans to redeem it. Just like every desire that you have, God has plans to redeem. Everything that you love, everything that you regret, God has plans for. You know why? Because he wins and he's not done yet. For Jesus, he had a plan for Jesus' temptation. Did you, and if you read Luke 4, you'll see it. All of a sudden, Jesus comes out after being in the desert for so long. And he is bound with more conviction in his calling than he ever has. And he was able to lead from that moment, declaring that he was the one to restore all things. All right, kids, Facebook, adults, I got another question for you. When you beat temptation, when you're tempted and you're like, uh-uh, no temptation for me, no siree, and you're, you're past that mark, how does it feel? Proud, good. What else? Awesome. Great. Relieved. Oh, yes. Accomplished. That's right. What else? Scared? Scared because it might just happen again. Oh, that's deep. Happy. For those, I have a friend of mine that's battling addiction, and boy, he beats temptation so often, but he's just like what you said, Elias, just afterwards so scared that it might happen again. Afraid the next one's going to be stronger. Yeah. Every temptation that comes from our enemy, the devil, the goal of the temptation is to take for ourselves, apart from what God would want to give us. What Satan is trying to do is say, hey, you know that thing that God has for you? Just do it on your own. That peace that you need, just take another drink. That affirmation that you need, just get it from that person. That security, that affirmation, that control... Don't wait on God to give that to you. Don't even bring them your desires for those things. Just grab what you can grab. The goal of every temptation and trial, as that happens, is to distance us from God. If you were at our outdoor uh, movie night, you saw the movie Inside Out, and you saw the temptations happening with this young girl, little by little. Instead of bringing her desires for love to God, she got so frustrated because joy was absent from her life. And all of a sudden, more and more and more, she was dragged away from her parents. This is the goal when the enemy tempts us. It's not necessarily, the thing is not the thing. Is it bad when we 
fall into temptation, when we make mistakes, when we sin? Absolutely. But worse than that is that our sin removes us from the very face of God, not by God's doing, but by our own shame. And all of a sudden, the distance grows and grows and grows. And the love and the plans and the desires that God has for us don't feel as loud anymore. You see, every time that we're tempted, it reveals a gift that God wants to give us. There's a desire that we have in the security and affirmation and control. When we feel tempted to get it ourselves, God actually has something good for us in that security, affirmation, and control that he wants to give. Or in the frustration with the person that you just want to strangle, God actually has a gift in that for us. So I want to ask you a couple of questions to lean into our ministry time. What would it look like if we were honest with God about our desires? What would it look like The ones that you're embarrassed by. People here, if you don't have a desire for a Ferrari, I mean, if you do, sorry, if you have a desire for a Ferrari, we can talk for hours. I would love to chat with you about desiring a Ferrari. I think that is one that I could chat for for days. It stopped me from leading leading me into temptation, so I've I've got some skills and tools there. But every desire we have from the smallest to the biggest to the silliest As a kid, I wanted to be so much taller than I was. We need to give those desires to God. What would it look like if we were honest with him? Instead of hiding them, instead of pushing them down and saying, oh, that's a sinful desire. I don't want to even share that with the Lord. What if we actually shared it with the Lord? What perfect gift do you want God to give you? This may be difficult, especially as there are some of you, and and let's put up on the screen, there, there have been some folks that we've been praying for already this morning. People that God has desire for, and these are God's desires for you. If we can get them up there. To heal God wants to heal somebody. God has a desire for someone's right knee to be healed, for somebody's heavy heart to be lifted, for somebody's colon, whatever's going on with that colon. God has desire for you. He's got so many good desires for you. What could those gifts be? It may not be these. It could be another emotional, physical, or spiritual need. It could have to do with your desire for security, affirmation, and control. For those of you who do need healing and have been praying for healing, and if you're praying this morning for somebody who's healing, I wonder what it would look like if we brought our desire for their healing to Jesus first and that allowed him to transform our desires into the actual miracle that he wants to do in them. He's got gifts that he wants to give us. He's got desires for us. Would you stand with me? We cannot avoid temptation or trial, but we can avoid sin. And one of the ways we do that is to bring our desires before the Lord and allow him to transform them and give them back to us in joy. Kate and Jared are going to be standing up here by the tree 
If you want prayer, come up. Would you wear a mask just to be nice? <laughs> We're doing our best to, to live in unity in the midst of so much division in this country. And so many of you have so many desires in these areas. Together, we're going to bring them all before the Lord. We're going to let him transform them. And if we're all on his page, we can do this in unity. Any physical, emotional, or spiritual need, please come up for prayer. If you're online, there's a Zoom room that's about to come up. It's up now. And that's a private room where you can get prayer for whatever's going on in your life. Emotional, physical, or spiritual. If one of these words was for you, please don't leave before responding to those. If all of this has felt like, I'm not sure I even know how to do that. The God that I believe in isn't the kind that wants to hear my desires. It's time for you to receive Jesus. Because he is the one that wants to hear your desires. So would you all pray with me, and especially those who have not said yes to Jesus before, have not said yes to the God that wants to hear your desires. Would you pray with me right now? There's a prayer up on the screen for you. It's as simple as sorry, thank you, please. Pray with me, Lord Jesus Christ. I am so sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. And just begin to lay everything before him. All the temptations you've fallen into, all the desires that you've gone after alone. And as he brings you close to his chest, would you say to him, please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If that's you today, do not leave without telling somebody because it's too difficult to go about this alone. We were meant to do this together. As Alberto leads us in one last song, would you come for prayer? This is the time. This is the day of salvation. This is the day of God's love on you. Come forward for prayer.